This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by Black Belt CBD. If you're into CBD products or you want to try CBD products, go to blackbeltcbdproducts.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST25. You'll get 25% off. They ship within North America. This is more geared towards your athlete, but your everyday blue-collar worker, or if anyone has aches and pains, it works for you as well. Don't worry. You will not get high. It's very low THC, less than 1%. It won't even get a fucking goldfish high, so you don't have to worry about it. You could even use it on your pets. People use it on their kids who have seizures. This Well, not this type of product, but I'm saying CBD in general. But this product is more of a rub-on. It's more of lotions, more towards your muscle pains. So if you have that, go visit blackbeltcbdproducts.com. And if you're into nerd culture or if you miss going to the mall nowadays and you want to shop online and get something nice for yourself, go visit firstrow.ca. This is a Canadian company based out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Everything you see there is in Canadian funds, so to all you American listeners, you get it at a little bit cheaper rate for you. And yes, they do ship down there, obviously. They ship within North America. And if you use promo code THEPODCAST20, you'll get 20% off. They update daily. They have everything from hockey cards, signed memorabilia, wrestling figures, comic books, you name it. They pretty much got it. If you're into nerd culture, like I said, this is a perfect place to visit. And if you want to support me directly, please scroll down on your device. It is embedded right there in the description of today's episode. Click on that link. It takes you right to my merchandise store at tpublic.com. I got everything there from hoodies to t-shirts to mugs to pillowcases. Anything you literally need or want is there. And that directly goes into my pocket. Well, a percentage goes into my pocket. So if you want to help me directly there, but I understand times are rough. A lot of people are not working and whatnot because of what's going on in the world nowadays. But the most important thing, if you don't want to purchase anything, I totally understand. But please, this is free. It takes you five seconds. No excuse now. Everyone has time on their hands. Rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, especially Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week's guest has had such hits as Turn It Up, Summer Girl, and Throw Your Hands Up, to name just a few. The lead singer of the Juno-nominated band Stereos, multi-platinum recording artist, Patrick Cordyback. What's up, man? Thank you for having me. Not a problem. Thank you for coming aboard. This is the first time I've had someone with such high honors gracing the podcast. 
even though it's Canadian and I know we get slack for it because we're not American yes. and it's not the Grammys, as they say, but it's still, it's a huge deal and love that you were able to come aboard and thank you very much, my friend. Man, I really appreciate it. And you're right. It's kind of like being, uh, getting a Super Bowl ring, but being the backup quarterback, but I'll take it. <laughs> hey, you know what? You do less reps that way, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh, dude, I, I would be great at holding a clipboard. <laughs> and that's what I was telling my wife that is sticking with, uh, um, sports and analogies the best position to me is a punter on any sports oh, team yeah. at any time because you could literally keep kicking that ball until you're 50 and you're making just under a million dollars a year like who, who does not want it and you work only 16 weeks a year that's a very good point i think that like to me i have i have had the same sort of conversation i say it's the backup quarterback and okay. only because you know i don't need 12 million a year like to be a starter or whatever, sure. I can make three million a year. But you're right, man. If you do have to play quarterback, then it's like, oh fuck. Like then, like you're you're gonna take some hits. So the punter's a good, a good one. The only thing though is, I don't think the team likes the punter. They kind of are like, whatever. He's a punter. We're back at quarterback. You're probably still like six three, blonde, beautiful, like um, many things that I am not. <laughs> so I'm thinking backup quarterback would be for me. But I, I'll take punter too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no kidding, right? So okay. I need to know, you have a nice, cool, perfect name to be in a band, your last name, Cordyback. Is that your real name, or is that something, or is that your entertainment name? Fuck. Yeah, exactly. It's such a, a superstar name, I didn't have to change anything. Yeah, my whole life, I've been hearing, like, oh, do you play football, quarterback? Um, of course. And I'm like, yeah, I, I wish. Although, I do think I am, like, the quarterback of the band, because... I'm the most important member, obviously. Of course. And, um, you know, without me, even if the rest of the guys are playing well, if I don't play well, then no one likes us. Right. So um, I'm very, and, and I make the most money. <laughs> wow, shit. That's a joke. They'll freak out if they hear that. So that is a joke. <laughs> I was going to say, man, you guys just got to, got back together. Everything's rolling nicely now. And then what? No, that's nice. it. Uh, yeah. Got the whole ego again. something like that. <laughs> oh that's hilarious so when did your love of music start when did you want to be in a band when did all this come to in your head you're like i want to do this for the rest of my life and i can uh, i'm lucky because i can pinpoint it it wasn't oh, nice. uh you know a gradual thing it was one specific night of my life june 28 2000 um i've always been a massive sports fan okay. huge hockey guy um and at that point i was really into skateboarding as well oh. and so my life i thought was going to be in sports and i was a 14 year old kid i think 14 and i went to see the band afi Okay. Um, at a like 500 cap room, they were still like they were getting bigger, but they weren't what they turned into. Sure, and it changed my life. Everything about that concert, that show, the interaction with the crowd, um, it, it it fucking blew me away, man. Like I was <laughs> high um, off the feeling for weeks, and I remember the next day being like, I'm gonna start a band. And I had some friends who I skateboarded with who played guitar and stuff, and we sure. just started screwing around. But that's it. From that that point forward, all I ever wanted to do was play music, and so. Um, uh, you know, that's where it started. The seed was planted. So when did the band actually start? Was it those same guys that you started off with in the beginning? or No, like many people, man. I started out in punk rock bands and basements, playing shows sure. to three people, um, sucking very bad. Um, but it was just with friends, and it was like the most fun you could ever have. Of course. Um, my mom does tell me stories, though, that I used to sing my own melodies 
to other people's songs on the radio and stuff okay. without even realizing. Like, I would just sing a tune that wasn't in the song, and she'd go, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, I don't know, I just, mine's better. And so yeah. I think I've always had kind of an ear for melodies and hooks and things like that without having any, like, musical training. Because I still, like, I can't play instruments, but oh. thank God for computers, man. I, I can write music all day. Yeah, because that was going to be my next question, if you actually play anything. Or did you ever want to play anything then? No, man, I, I see, I'm a, I'm a backup quarterback at heart. I find other people to do the heavy lifting. I don't have to load gear. Right. I don't have to learn an instrument. I let them do that. Okay, so without vilifying yourself any further, let's please <laughs> tell the people who are the other members of the band and who compromises the stereo then. Who, who is okay. stereos? Uh, yep, so the band started essentially uh, with Dan Johnson, who's our bass player, okay. and Rob Shalafu, who's our guitar player. It was the three of us. Okay. And we spent almost a year and a half writing songs together before ever getting um, other members and playing shows, which was the opposite of how it used to be, right? You get sure. five guys, you jam out these songs that sucked, and then you just play shows because that was the most fun, and it was the most fun. Right. But we're like, no, we're actually going to get the songs together because that's going to give us the best shot at success. Okay. And from there, we uh, we met Miles, or they knew Miles, long story, but Miles Holmwood was our other guitar player, great guy. Yes. Um, definitely the most musically inclined, I would say, out of all of us. Oh, wow. Um, and then Aaron uh, Verdonk, our drummer, who is also a very good musician. We actually met him through writing once we had already moved to Toronto. Okay. And he is our drummer. And so that's kind of a very brief way of telling a very long story. Yes, and shout out to Miles because he's the one who actually set this all up to begin with. So he obviously knows what he's doing and he's got good taste because he sought me out. So you know what I mean? <laughs> You're in he's good hands. He's a great dude, man. He, he is the most, I would say, solid guy in the band okay. personality-wise. I don't mind saying that at all. Oh, my God. So, okay, I have to ask. Obviously, you didn't start off with the name Stereos. You start off with something else. So let's talk about that. What? How did the process come about? Because it's always interesting to know how bands came up with their names, because some bands' names are just out there, or it's like an inside joke or something, right? So how yeah. did the first name come, and how did it end up becoming Stereos? Okay, so great question. We, It's funny that the name that's stuck, and the name that is our best name, mm -hmm. honestly doesn't have much of a story around it other than desperation to find a name. So <laughs> okay. we started out as Stand By Me. Nice. And the reason for that was what really set me on the path of writing good pop songs is I started studying 50s and 60s soul um, and like girl group pop doo-wop songs oh, like wow. those old songs like sure. Sam Cooke and that's kind of soul thing too but a lot of those were very simple chord progressions but really really strong melodically and so we started basing our sound around like this rock and roll band of guys with tattoos that look punk rock but with really like 50s inspired melodies okay. and so the stand by me thing we love the movie too is like this yep. you know this quest with these boys just heading out like search of adventure and that of course you know we felt like that described us and so the song was great too and so we're like this is a great name so we were stand by me for the whole thing when we got right. on the show but once you really get that opportunity to kind of take it to the next level that's when you have to start worrying about things like um is this even legal to have this name? Oh. <laughs> so we were advised to change the name because of that. There's so many other things out there that are Stand By Me, sure. well-known song. We're never going to be bigger than that song. We're never going to be bigger than that movie. So you might as well you know, create something else. Gotcha. So then we changed the name to Turn It Up, which was... Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, we hadn't even written the song yet. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. And so then we had that as the name and it's that's a shitty name too like 
Um, I don't sure. remember. Oh yeah, we got like a message from some like hardcore band on MySpace at the time. Oh, and they were like, "We're already called this." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, no one knows who you are though either." So may the best man win. But at the same time, right. the label. Then we signed to Universal, and they're like, "No, you need a new name." Okay. So you think I'd be done at this point, but I'm not. Oh my god. We then changed our name to right. City Kids, which is the fucking worst name. City Kids ever. City Kids, dude. Well, I remember we signed our deal that day. We went into Universal because we get signed on the show, the TV show, but right. we'd already been signed in real life. So okay. we just went in, and we signed, and I remember our A and R being like City Kids. What's up? Like that was the name. It was a done deal. <laughs> and thank God, eleventh hour before we put out the episode came out before we. Um, before we actually put out our first single, right. we had this huge brainstorming session at Universal at the offices with like our A and R, um, some some other people on the A and R team, and we didn't get a name, man. We were coming up with name like we were as a band, we were dead set. It's the the, <laughs> the name was going to be way too cool. Oh my god! And exactly, dude. And the people at Universal were like guys, nope, it's not going to be way too cool. We're like, yes, it is. Ooh. That's the name. The band was unanimous. Oh wow! So, anyways. We didn't get anything out of that, okay. and then I remember just thinking, "Now you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> Let's like, what are some simple words? What are words that can mean anything?" <laughs> yeah. And literally, it, it struck me in the, my head. I called our manager uh, and and our guy, and said, "Listen, we're uh, what about stereos?" Yeah, and they're kind of like, "Okay, like, is it taken?" I was like, "No, it's not. Like, there's a the stereos band that released one song in the '50s, but <laughs> like, sure, you know, it's not." And then it kind of they had. Um, Someone in the art department whip up a logo, yeah. and slowly but surely, like, yeah, man, like this is, it doesn't have to mean something. Let's just make it like not mean something. Then it can mean whatever. And so um, I just answered a very simple question in thirty-seven minutes or whatever that <laughs> took me. But uh, but yeah, man, it, it, there's no real great story behind well, what we chose. But I think the story about how we got there is kind of interesting. See here, if if this launches and you actually start making money because of this, I'm gonna want to cut. You should make a T-shirt with all those names crossed off, and then like stereos big on the bottom. That's actually not a bad idea, dude. See that? Like, we, one of our best-selling t-shirts was, again, I'm a very smart man, so this is my idea. <laughs> okay. Once we were started ta- sort of taking off, it was very obvious that we had a great, huge, devoted fan base. Right. But we also had a lot of people who fucking hated us. Like, the way we looked, the way we sounded, sure. we were very, like, you know, whatever, the autotune, everything like that. Um, so, for after our first summer of touring, we made up these shirts that said, I hate stereos. Mm-hmm. And they sold so well. And we'd have people being like, hey, I bought this shirt, sorry. And we're like, dude, thank you. You just gave us money for hating. So we were one of the only bands to capitalize, wow. not only on our fans, but people that hated us. Smart. <laughs> I want to bring those back. No, you should, man. You should, most definitely. Okay, so you mentioned pop. Now, for people who haven't heard your music or know who you are, how do you describe your music? Because it's not just pop. It's like, I, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's the way I describe it to people. Just it's upbeat and lifting music that you want to hear, and it's you know, and it makes your foot tap. You know what I mean? So uh, coming from you, how do you describe it? Yeah, man, I think that's like a it's it's such a broad uh, you know genre pop, and so that's why I think it's perfect is because it's not super like distinctive. What right. we have always done, and what I told you, like when we were started in the basement, we've always been big on combining the live band sound. Okay. with genres that you wouldn't hear it combined with. 
So when we started out, that was the 50s music, like a real soul influence. Right. When it when we broke, it was hip-hop and R&B. We were writing, what like, that's where my writing was coming from. I was oh. a huge fan of The Dream and, like, T-Pain. I don't care. I'll say it, man. I love uh, uh, T-Pain songs, Akon. Sure. And so it was combining a hip-hop R&B sound yeah. with a live band and looking the way we did. It was super unique. Now, True. I would say our new stuff is very... Um, EDM influenced with okay. the live band, which makes that unique. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a long way of, I always want to do something different, but familiar enough that it's not going to be just a passion project. I want, I, I love pop music. I love hooks. And I think that's because I'm a songwriter who doesn't play instruments. All I need to hear is a hook mm-hmm. and then I'm happy. And so I think that's why our songs are catchy. And I think that's why, um, you know, we've seen success. No, most definitely for sure. And then like you said, it shows, right? And you also mentioned in passing you were on a show. So again, for those who don't know, you were on Much Music This Band. So I, I personally I never heard of this show and I, this was already at the time. Okay, when this came out, when was this? Two thousand what, late two thousands more or less? Or two thousand nine. Two thousand nine, yeah, perfect. So I was already in I was in my so called prime and in my late twenties, you know, doing my thing. So I wasn't watching T V that much and I didn't I didn't even know much music still produced stuff even back then. Right. So right. explain to people what this is, what sort of show, obviously it's some sort of reality show, but so, so what yeah. is it? Good question. Yeah. Because a lot of people like have this impression that we won the show, which is not correct. Actually. Oh, so okay. the show was essentially, you would spend a week with a guru who was Greg Norrie. He's a great manager, songwriter. He had success with his own band, Treble Charger, but also I think he really made um, his mark as the producer and I believe manager of Sum 41. So oh, he okay. was like really, he was behind their success. Sure. And uh, so you, he spends a week with a bunch of different bands. They, you know, and they run you through the industry. It's kind of cheesy. You take photos, you, sure. you write songs, you do all these things that a real band should do. And then at the end of the week, you have a performance in front of industry judges, okay. which are like label A&Rs, uh, booking agents. Um, there was one guy who had no credentials at all, except for the fact that he was a much music VJ, because of course those people are super smart music critics. And um, anyways, at the end, they give you a, a verdict, sure. either thumbs up or thumbs down. That's it. Oh, okay. So it's sort of like a gong show type style. Exactly. Okay. And, and so we were just one of many bands that did it. We were actually the third band oh. to shoot the show. However, when we did our live performance and right. they gave us the thumbs up, sure. the entire panel of judges were, started fighting over us to sign us. And so much music was very smart. They're like, oh, fuck. This is going to be a different type of episode. So even though we were the third ones to shoot it, they saved us for the season finale. And then actually followed us back home after the show, followed Gene Simmons from Kiss, like, trying to sign us. Oh, shit. And so it turned into this big, long season finale show that was shot in the six months after we actually shot our original episode. And so it looked like we won. We were the first band to get signed. And it was so genius, too, because it had never been done before. Like, at the end of our episode, the season finale, they premiered our video right away. It was on deck. It was on iTunes, ready to go. It was like, this band you just saw before your eyes, go get the music. And it fucking blew up, dude. (laughs) We never could have imagined. No kidding. Holy shit. So, okay, speaking of blowing up, your first hit was Summer Girl, I believe, right? Okay, so it debuted top five Canadian charts, all that nice stuff. Obviously, the numbers are all there. People could Google it. But coming from you, how was that feeling knowing that you had something there and you were in the likes of people like Celine Dion, Brian Adams, of of that sort? Like, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. So um, I'm certainly willing to make fun of us for the stupid things. But I will also be happy to, like, I'm proud of, like, the the crazy great things that we did as well. And so at that point, I got a feeling by Black Eyed Peas had set a record for continuous weeks at number one on the iTunes Canada charts. Okay. 
and we knocked them off. Wow. We were the ones to do it. And it was like, Impressive. so it wasn't even just like, obviously it was all Cana- like iTunes Canada, like I said, yeah, it wasn't international, but yeah. um, we were taking on international artists in our own country yep. and winning. And so that feeling was very um, validating because you have to understand that we weren't put together as a boy band on this TV show. Yes. We were starting out in punk rock bands in our basements. This overnight success took 10 years of hard work, of quitting jobs, of losing girlfriends because we, you know, we only wanted to rehearse every night. We didn't want to see them. And like (laughs) everything you can imagine dropping out of school, everything. So we had put all that work in. And so to get that validation was, um, yeah, it's hard to describe, man. It's very, I, I trust my intuition. I always have, but it does help to get that, that sign that, you know what? I was right. No, no kidding. And, and that leads up to my next question, too. Like, when you hear your music for the first time on the radio, how was that as well? Like, is that, like, your favorite or best moment of your life? Like, you know what I mean? Like, s- since you there, can, man. right? So, we, uh, <laughs> here's a funny, I don't know if I've ever told this story. Nice. We were shooting the video for Summer Girl. Okay. Um, before it was released, of course, right? Like I said, once the episode aired, then it was ready to go. Yeah. So, when we shot the video, we were still an unknown to a lot of people. Right. But they had all these extras around. Okay. And I got this genius idea. It was a lot easier to meet girls on our video shoots after this, but at this point, no one knew who we were. Right. So I went up to multiple girls okay. and said, you know what? You should have been the lead. Oh, wow. And <laughs> it's just such a cheesy, stupid line. Of course. But it worked on one of them, and I ended up dating one of them. Okay, sure. So we went, uh, I remember Rob and Dan were taking me in the band van to drop her off at her um, parents' place. We were very conservative, so we had to drop her off a block away. Okay. Um, from her house so that they didn't see who dropped her off. Oh, gotcha. And at that point, the song came on. So I'm trying to say goodbye to this girl. And the guys are freaking out. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. It was in Oakville somewhere. And so literally I'm like trying to be nice, but also push her out so I can like enjoy this with the with the boys. And they started driving. And we're like, nope, we're pulling over. So we pulled over to the side of the road and just listened to the song. It was a great wow. moment, man. It's one I remember very fondly. No, and that's so cool that you guys happened to so be together too, right? Like, you know, exactly. so yeah. it was there like was meant to be. At the time, it was, it was, it was Man, that is uh, everything you you kind of dream about. That's one of those moments you definitely don't forget. So after putting out your videos and having your 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 number one chart busters and all that stuff comes next, obviously is the touring, right? Yeah. So touring across Canada. Okay, did you grow up in, in Edmonton? Yep. yep okay. So going across Canada, seeing all of our beautiful fucking huge ass country. What were your favorite moments? Weirdest moments? Where would you never want to go again? Where do you want to go again? Like, come on, lay it on me here. The truth. Great question. It's oh, time to get honest here. Um, so there are some cities that are absolute, like, you have something wrong with you if you don't have fun in them. So that's, okay. I'm going to think about right away. Anywhere on the East Coast is just an amazing time. Halifax, gotcha. shout out. Anywhere like St. John's, um, New Brunswick is great, Moncton. Uh, Montreal's joke. It's so good. Like, I love you, it. I know. That's one of my faves. Yes. Just had the time in your life. Yeah. Um, coming home to Edmonton was always super special, man, because... Um, you know, there's a lot of friends there, but there's also some of the haters, and you see them out, and it's like, what's up now? Yeah! Um, yes. Cities that, and like Calgary, dude, I honestly, I, I've had an unbelievable, that's one of the things that I say okay. when I look back, and I'm like, you know what, I don't regret anything ever, because I've had an amazing time in every one of these cities. Regina, dude, I've had, like, just because, like, life was good, man. You never have to get up early, and, oh, nice. I mean, at the time, I had long black hair, so people just recognized it everywhere. It was, it was a great time. Um, now to answer your question in terms of places like I can live without going to, 
is we would do a lot of like um, these one-offs for like in rural par- parts of fucking nowhere. So sure. like we're talking like northern Manitoba, oh, shit. northern Saskatchewan, northern Alberta, even just like wow. you know these very remote spots that sure. are long ways to get to. There's not much to do. Yeah, and man, like. It's not like we didn't have fun at the time. It's just I'm too fucking old to like. I want to. I want to <laughs> gotcha. have fun. Sure. So no offense to those places. Like I'm sure life's good, but like yeah. I don't need to go back. I'm going to be honest. Oh my god! So have you gone all the way up north to like Northwest and Yukon no, and all never that? Never in the territories. Oh, okay. And you know what? I would love to do that. Like I do like going to places that don't get a lot of shows. Don't get me wrong. Sure. It's just that the, like again at this point in my life, like just going to a a lot of the small places too. You're playing theaters, and that might sound fine. But we're a band that really, like, again, we move around. When you have people sitting down in chairs, it fucking sucks. Like, that's not my thing. Ah, I see. Yeah, you know what? That does make sense. I I always wondered that, too, as a performer, if you guys would rather have people, like, standing up at a club. Obviously, you can't hold as many. Or have people in an auditorium sitting down and just sitting there like they're reading a book or something, right? That's why festivals are the best, dude. The festivals pay the most. Oh, yes, because you have the open field and all that shit. Yeah. People are just, just vibing. Uh, you get paid the most. No one's ripping oh, your nice. shoelaces out okay. or grabbing your dick, sure. which would happen <laughs> when we're playing like right front and center to people. Right, right. And uh, your set is shorter a lot of the time too, so you kind of just get in, get out. It's all the hits. People know the songs. Right. Where some of those shows where you're like getting booked for a private event, it's like yeah, you have to play an hour. It's like we have three minute pop songs in one album. You do the math. How are we going to play an hour? It's going to suck. Um, but, uh, yeah, so festivals were great, man. It's the, it's the best kind of mix of everything that makes a show good. Oh, I could only imagine. And you also had the privilege of touring with Headley. Now, yes. do you prefer to tour with more bands? Cause then the heat's not all on you, or would you rather have your solo act across Canada? Like, you, you know what I mean? What, what's easier? What's better? Obviously I'm, I'm assuming you make more money if it's just you guys on your own, but if you, if in a perfect world, if it was all equal pay, what would be your perfect scenario to be touring? And that's why I would say festivals, right? You fly okay. in, you fly out, you get hotels. You're not necessarily sleeping in the van. You're not uh, even sleeping on a bus. We did bus tours, which oh, were great. Okay. Um, but you're right. It's always this constant mix of pay versus exposure. And so right. the Headley Tour was actually one of my favorites, man. Okay. We were the second of four, meaning we played six songs. Okay. And now, Whoa. I don't want this to come across the wrong way. I love playing live. Sure. But... Dude, six songs, that means I can kind of floor it every night and not worry about my voice. Oh, For playing like an hour and a half, right. I'm going to be a baby. I don't get to have as much fun. And sure. so I'm just going to be honest. These are the things I think about. Right. And we're playing this full full arenas every night, man. That was a great tour. But they paid us $500 a night at a point where we could have asked for uh, tens of thousands, right? Of we were big course. enough. Yeah. But they're, they're not wrong. They're like, well, you play to more people by playing with us. And so your exposure's up, so you take the 500 and hope you kill it at merch, but then they fucking restricted how much merch we could sell as an opening band. It's kind of a joke. I guess politics in every, I guess, in every aspect of entertainment, right? Fuck. Well, man, and I don't know if people, if this is common knowledge, but a lot of, um, so I don't want to like put all the heat on Headley or their production because other bands do this, but I think it's wrong. And what they do is they give you decibel restrictions. Oh. So that means you can't play too loud. And they literally would have someone with a meter at our soundboard. Oh, and wow. if you're playing too loud, they make you turn it down. The reason they do that is because right. the headliner then sounds so oh. much better. They're huge. Oh. They're loud. And you're like, oh, fuck, the other band's like... And here's the thing. Mm. Hadley doesn't need to do that. Right. Jacob's, like, obviously, there's 
a whole other story to that guy that's come out since. <laughs> but he's one of the most talented vocalists I've ever toured with. Right. That band, music-wise, their songs were great. Mm-hmm. They didn't need to have decibel restrictions. So it kind of confused me. It's like, you guys are going to blow us away either way. Trust me. Right. You're better than us. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's kind of one of the things that pissed me off about the arena tour. It's like they don't let you sell all your merch because they don't want you cutting into their sales and they don't let you play as loud. It's kind of stupid. See, and that's the good thing now because everyone harps on the millennials, so to speak, because they're lazy and this, this, and that. But they figured out a way to cut off the middleman in literally every industry where they're making the killing and now there's no that so-called old man hanging on and just robbing the artists and whatnot. Like, you know what I mean? For doing what? For literally signing his name on a piece of paper? It's not like he did anything. Like, you know what I mean? And it's fucking ridiculous. But I guess it's the norm and no one wants to be sort of that first person to do it because then you'll be shunned by your peers or you don't want to risk losing money because once you're making money, it's like, you know, it's speaking of drugs, that's like the worst drug on earth, right? You're, you're totally right, man. And like, you got to... You don't want to cut your nose off to spite your face, meaning you want to play the game a little bit. You have to. Of course. Because you want those opportunities. However, if you're a person like myself, who is, I speak my mind, and I do not like just sucking it up and moving on when other people are wrong, right. it's a lot of uh, you know push and pull and picking sure. your battles in an industry that is so fucked up. Man, I love music, but it's, it's such a crazy, stupid industry in so many ways. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, okay, let's go back to some funner stuff then. What about, okay, I got to ask. What town has the best groupies? Montreal. Really? Oh, God, dude. So Montreal is ridiculous because they everyone is so good-looking, okay. men and women, that they don't realize how good-looking they are. Oh, okay. And so they, like, there'd be some, like, if a girl looked like that in Toronto, you're like, I don't have a shot. She's probably, you know, oh, I'm not in her. Oh, I see what you're but saying. In Montreal, right. they're, just, they're friendly. Oh. Um, they got the accents, and they're very just lib- liberal. You know, they're they're down yeah. for a good time. No, of course, because they have that European influence too. Like even the whole town, as it because like, to me, I well, my background's Portuguese, so I actually lived in Portugal for a while as well. But oh, cool. It's that it almost feels like I'm back in Europe when I'm walking down the cobblestone streets, like you know what I mean. Then you have the the cafes just sitting out there, and you go on the patio. It's just it's just I don't know, feels different than being like in Toronto, obviously, because I grew up here in Toronto too, right? So it's just something totally different. Okay, so Montreal. Hmm. Yeah, that was a very easy one for me to answer. Now, like, uh, trust me, there are other good cities, but uh, that that one uh, had, it checks all the boxes. Let's say, let's put it that way. Now, have these guys gotten to the point where you have to have like fucking restraining orders on some of these chicks or anything? No, 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 no. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, and certainly, like, I'm happy to speak about my own experiences, but I don't want to share things for from the other guys that they of necessarily. Course. But so, without naming names, like. I think we've all had situations where it's like, oh, I, this is gonna, this is gonna, this is gonna bite me in the ass. Because uh. like, um, you know, I'm a changed person, man. I'm happily married. My wife is the love of my life. But Perfect. I'll be honest with you, man. It was the, uh, like, I, I don't mean to get too serious, but like, I do kind of feel bad. Like, I had a girlfriend at the time. Okay. I certainly wasn't, uh, you know, I, I certainly took advantage of the opportunities that presented themselves. And I wish I hadn't done that because, like, mid twenties, first of all. You don't, you don't know any better, though. Anyone out there, you don't need a girlfriend. Um, but less so if you're going to be in a touring band. So kind Thank of a, you. you know, but I, you know, there's certainly, I had to do some absolute <laughs> damage control to make sure yeah. things weren't getting back to the homeland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing I always say, too, to people. It's like, I don't understand 
these people who are in bands or actors or like you're literally on the top of the world. Why would you settle down with someone at the time? Have your fun because again, it's forbidden fruit. It's there. We're all human. It's going to happen where you're going to slip up somewhere. Like, you know what I mean? So why hurt someone in the process? Like, I'm sure, exactly. I'm sure if you were to meet your lovely wife now, back then, it wouldn't be the same relationship you have now. Like, you know what I mean? So you go through these things and it's like, that's how you go. And that's how you become a better person instead of ruining other people's lives and getting better at, again, the resort of someone else's feelings. Right. So. Well, I, I will be honest with you. I, um, I, I did make this other this analogy on an, another interview I did, but I, I think it works. And that's, you know, when you hear your sports fan and you hear a quarterback or a hockey player say, yeah, you know what? I feel like I'm the best one in the league. Okay. And then you look at the guy, you're like, what are you talking about? Tom Brady's better than you. Why would you say that? Sure. But you have to have that mentality because you've already you lost if you think you're not the best, right? You're right. So this is a long way of me bringing it around to myself is – I was, I do think it's why I was able to have success. I think it played a big part and people use the term ego, but I was a very selfish person. Okay. And I, and so that, that kind of played out in my personal life as well. I was selfish sure. and I wasn't, you know, I wanted to have this girl at home who I really did, you know, I felt like I loved, of course. but also I realize now how that's kind of a wrong mindset, but I also wasn't willing to not do things that I just felt like doing because I felt like I deserved them. Right. And so I'm not saying that's right. I think it's wrong, in fact. And I, I don't like that because I was brought up differently and I'm certainly not that guy now. Sure. But I think that just in every way of my life, and it's probably what led to us breaking up for the longest time we did, is that I was a very much a me person and I'm mm. okay looking back on it and hopefully able to change. No, that's cool. And again, that's how you grow by admitting to your mistakes and seeing what they were and growing from it. Because there's so many people that will be like, yeah, yeah, that's how I was. But it's almost like you see it in the movies, TV. I know it's not real life, but again, it happens in real life too. Where you have people like, oh yeah, I used to cheat on my wife all the time. <laughs> and it's like, well, you haven't yeah. learned from it, you asshole. Like, it's not funny. Exactly. Like, you know you did something, but you're not acknowledging it. So you can't become a better person. You know what I mean? So... 100%. And then there's other crazy. people on the other side of the spectrum who everyone else is always the problem. Right. And then, you know, you sense a trend there. You got <laughs> to recognize that we're all going to fuck up, man. We're human. And that's not the problem is fucking up. It's how you deal with it and like learn from it. Like you said. It's true because it happens to me. Like I'll admit it too. There, there's some day, well, not days. I'll say a few days in a row where just say something happens at work and something happens here in personal life and it's like back to back to back. And I'm like, hold up. And I will always, and my wife could contest to this. I'll ask her, is like, is it just me? Or am I like, you know what I mean? I always look at it outside yeah. the bubble because we could all fall into our own traps and be like, yeah, everyone's attacking me and I could be like, oh, the world hates me. Like, you know what I mean? Even though the world does, but that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you can uh, do, do what you can to make them hate you a little bit less. I'm in the same boat, man. <laughs> there you go. So obviously these guys were nominated for two Junos. First off, what were the categories? And second off, how was the whole experience? Interesting and maybe not as like, amazing as you would think and also i think being able to look back in hindsight it was such a cool opportunity that we didn't really appreciate at the time and there were oh, many of those so okay. um we were nominated for best new group okay and uh pop album of the year nice so uh, it's such a funny story man because in the moment when we didn't win best new group right i remember thinking this is bullshit we got robbed <laughs> of course like so you're blaming and, the world <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, what are they talking about? Look at like how well we did this year. And the band sure. that beat us, I don't think like they were doing well, but they weren't like anything um, incredibly huge at the time. Well, okay. that guess that that band is the Arkells. Okay. Okay. So they have fucking blown up. They're so good. Right. I get why people love them. And sure. it's funny. At, in the moment, you feel like you're getting robbed, but they got that one right. They were the best new group, and they they proved it. 
um, we lost best new pop album to Justin Bieber. Like, oh, we, wow. like it was. We were not wronged by not winning those awards. Yeah, you know? it was a stacked um, year, right? Exactly, and so we were in a whirlwind. So the way that was on the heels of the Headley tour, the Headley tour intentionally ended in St. John's, oh, okay. um, Newfoundland, right. because that's where the Junos were. Oh, and sure. so we were both nominated. So it was it was intentionally made so that last show would be there and then we all spend time the Junos. Nice. So we'd been on the road then for a month and a half already. Okay. We also had our booking agent book us our own tour around the rest of Newfoundland hmm. after this. And so during this time, man, we had had no downtime. You're doing oh, interviews shit. at like 4 a.m. Like it's just a whirlwind of media and all oh, these things. Yeah. We knew we weren't winning too. You know what I mean? So it sure. didn't feel like the best, um, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't feel like we appreciated it as much as I wish okay. we had because, of course, getting nominated is such an incredible. Obviously. Um, yeah, it's it's an honor, man. And so, like, uh, but I, I will say we had two days after the Junos and before that tour started okay. um, around the island where we just lived it up, dude. We had nice. like they paid us money to go to a, a college bar, oh, shit. and that's just like, oh, dude, it's like to <laughs> just do an appearance, and that was just yeah, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. It was just oh, amazing, God. great people. Right. I can't say enough good things about um, Newfoundlanders. Yeah, and uh, so we had a, we we. I wish I would have appreciated more at the time, though. Yeah, you, again, looking back in hindsight, right? It's the same thing. Like, luckily, I started doing this podcast when I, because I'm in my 40s. So I started doing this podcast in my late 30s, right? So I already had appreciation for life. So now every moment I get, it's like I take, going back to a Friends episode. I don't know if you're familiar with Friends. Oh, yeah, my wife's a massive fan. Okay, so there you go. There's an episode where they're like, no, sorry, no, not Friends, The Office. Sorry, my bad. Now I'm mixing the Love two. Love that one too. Okay, so when Pam and, um, and what's his name? Jim. Jim, get married, and she's like, oh, I'm going to take a, a mental picture. Like, I always do that in my mind now when I'm doing something out of the ordinary or when I reach a milestone because I don't want to be that person who looks back and like, fuck, I could and especially now being older because, you know, I'm on my back nine, obviously, so it's like I don't have many more chances. If I don't fucking do it now, I'm never going to do it sort of thing, right? So it's like you have I to appreciate totally and be in the moment, you know what I mean? And these young kids don't get it because even I have younger cousins and they do amazing stuff and they don't even like acknowledge anything that they do. And it's like, slow down, man. You don't have to become a multimillionaire before you're 30. Like, you know, it's cool if you do. But at the same time, breathe in, you know, take it in. Don't, like, look back sort of thing, right? Live life, make mistakes, man. So, like, I can relate to what you just said on such a, an intense level because of the fact that, and again, it's all, I always, um, I'm, I'm cursed with this. I always have to play devil's advocate. I like looking at every side of every story, every perspective, which is, I think, a good thing. But You're speaking to the choir. I'm the exact forth. same way. I'm the exact same but, way. But um, when we were in the middle of our height of success, playing okay. shows to... 20,000 people sharing a stage with Katy Perry and things like that, playing with Black Eyed Peas. Wow. I was never, I didn't appreciate it in the moment, which sounds bad. And on one hand, it is. Like, I, I didn't really appreciate it because I felt like I belonged there. So I was oh. like, I, I was like, this is what we were meant to do. Right. But the good side of that is that the moment was never too big for me. I never stuttered. We never played a show and I, was, I wasn't I was scared. Oh. We killed okay. every show because right. I was like, I belong here and this is great. Sure. The downside to that though now is I look back at some of those shows and I remember, like, that day I was probably, like, being, like, a little bitch to our tour manager asking, like, when the, the food was getting there, as opposed to being, like, oh, my fucking God, dude, we're playing, like, such a, like, a crazy show. And so now we've done yeah. the two reunion shows this last summer, which I'm sort of jumping ahead, I know. But I, the first one in Toronto, man, I couldn't stop laughing because yeah. I was appreciating every moment. Like, people were singing the words. I just couldn't believe that I was back there and I thought I was done forever. Right. And so I'm doing what you're doing now, exactly, and trying to really, really appreciate the moments um, you know, for what they are in the moment. 
Yeah, no, most definitely. Well, okay, before we get to your reunion, first off, the split had to happen, obviously, for there to be a reunion. And you mentioned it in passing, too. You said your ego and all that. But besides all that, if you don't want to get into it, that's fine. If you do, cool as well. But what was the reasoning to get back together? What was that aha moment? Who reached out first? When did you guys want to do this? Yeah, so no, it's a a great part of our story, man, is um, the way things ended was very abrupt it kind of came out of nowhere it was a surprise to the guys because it was kind of the three of us who decided to do it with the other guys and we were going to do our own thing and so it just kind of happened so like there was no closure for ourselves or the fans right it just we're done and so um over the years that's kind of more and more uh it let sorry we ended on sort of a a, a bad note with Mm -hmm. the way it ended but then over the years, you start looking back and really get a sense of the, the pride and happiness for what you accomplished. You realize mm-hmm. how special it was. And so it was just this growing sense of, listen, we did something incredible. There's no reason for any of the five of us to think about it anyway, except for positively. Oh. So let's go out on our own terms. And the perfect opportunity arose with the 10-year anniversary of the show. Oh. And we're only going to get that once, right? May 2019 sure. is only going to happen once. Yep. So let's get this show together. And we started planning it ourselves, um, trying to talk to venues and promoters, and no one would take it. They're just really? Like, yep. They were like, you can pay for it yourself. Like, we could buy it. We could pay out a venue just like anyone. Oh, okay. Right? You, you can call up fucking, of I don't course. know, uh, yeah, anyone Opera could do House that. and say, I'm booking the venue. Yeah, yeah. No, but still, but, they, they still didn't even want you in that ass. Oh, shit, man. I would be chomping well, after this. Sorry, we, we could have paid, but we're trying to find, like... The way this works is you find a promoter, they'll book the venue, they'll right. give you a guarantee, and, exactly. but no, then no one would take it. No promoter would take it. And that's what I'm saying. That's crazy. Like, you yeah, think someone would jump on it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to them, they're saying you haven't been around in eight years. I well, guess. What are we, you know, I, I, I'm with you. Like, I was surprised. Right. I thought for sure, like, the reunion would be a big deal. And we, like, God said, man, this, our manager now, Andrew, okay. is just this kid who was hungry to make a name for himself in music. He's nice. like, I'll take it on. I'll book the show. Oh, wow. So he went to new music or, uh, Canadian music week. Okay. The festival. And he said, listen, can you guys put this on your bill as part of like, put us on one of your shows, your venues. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't do it. Nope. The best they <laughs> would do is they said, we will give you, uh, you can call this a Canadian Music Week show, okay. and therefore you can use our press. We'll we'll promote it. Oh, nice. But you're handling all the, f- you're buying the venue, you're doing everything yourself. Okay. And Andrew said, "Okay, I'll do it," because they said we're, we're not putting money into this. Wow. So, fast forward, Andrew fucking works his ass off. The show sells out, and we again we didn't know if anyone was going to show up. And then to find out a week uh, a week or two out, it's sold out. And sure enough, the day of the show, people from Canadian Music Week are asking Andrew. Hey, can we get guest list spots? Because it's sold out. Wow. Um, and he now works for them. They hired him on because he did such a great, crazy Shit. job you see that? with promoting that. And so, yeah, man, the, the Toronto show was just our own work, our own social media, and people wanting to kind of see us because we'd been gone for so long. And it was a game changer because then we did the show in Edmonton. Okay. Same thing. That one sold out. Right. And that's when I started writing new music for uh, what is now, I guess, where we're at right now. Yeah, exactly. So, what was the venue then in Toronto? It was um, Rec Room, right, down, oh, right oh, downtown, yeah. like right by the uh, Skydome there. Or, I know exactly where the Rec Room is. Yes, exactly. They put on a lot of uh, wrestling events there, and I'm a huge wrestling fan. So. Oh, cool. Sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was a great venue, man. It sounded terrific. Okay. Apparently, that's the one Rec Room in Canada 
that has good sound because oh. I don't know enough about it, but sure. apparently the guy who books shows there is a, he knows what he's doing. So the sound was great. Like the, uh, the, the venue, the everything first class. It was awesome. Oh, awesome. That's great to hear. Okay. So the anniversary show was a hit. Everything, like you said, now you lead up to now, these guys dropped a new single. What's the single about? Like you said, it's, you tried to explain it's not like your earlier stuff because you, you go with what is popular now, obviously, and it's not nineties or late two thousands hip hop. So what's this whole single about? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm very much a, a it, to be honest with you, it is more current, which I think gives it an advantage, but it's also what I'm listening to. Like, I've kind of shifted into playlists. Like, I'm oh. sort of in that mode. Okay. So a lot of this EDM tropical house stuff is just sure. what I've been throwing on in the background. So I thought it would be very cool to throw a live band, big guitars, big drums mm. um, behind that kind of sound. So our, our first single um, in this new iteration of the band is Sunset Gold. Yep. And uh, again, I wanted to kind of explore... Uh, tropical house with a big band sound and lyrically i think it's a lot more advanced than where we used to be okay. and again i can make fun of myself all day but we were girl crazy you know <laughs> uh i definitely wanted to be a hip-hop artist back then and now sure. i think i've definitely got back more to my roots and trying to write lyrics that mean a little bit more and so this song is actually about the band lyrically it oh, basically okay. describes you know from a relationship perspective we had such great times um and it's gone, mm-hmm. but I think it'll come back again, sort of. So it's sort of nostalgic and like melancholy, right. um, but eventually uplifting as well. Oh, there. So again, I, I guess you said it in passing too. There's going to be a, a feature album. Is it in the works? Is it coming? Or are you guys still floating that around? Or are you just dropping a few singles? So I certainly don't want to um, be dismissive or joke in bad taste about the current situation with that we're all in with quarantine. But for me, man, to be honest with you, it has been very good for my creative side. I've been writing oh, wow. every day, and I'd say I'm about 10 songs in. Shit. Um, so I can say very uh, definitively, yes, an album is the uh, the goal now. It's shifted from we just wanted to play a show, right. then we just wanted to play another show, and then we just wanted to release a single. But uh, I'm always hungry, man, so the album is the next, uh, the next uh, I think, our goal. Oh, that's cool. And, and one last thing about the band then. Doing your music videos, I think you guys, what was it, uh, four or five videos you guys dropped? I think we did eight, man. Oh, eight. Oh, shit. Even better. Okay, so... So. so the whole process of... Uh, now, is that the first taste that you guys got of actual acting instead of being on much music? Yes. Yeah, for okay. sure. Like, um, oh, my good God, dude. That was so green. The first video was Summer Girl, and I have to have okay. this love interest, right? Oh, this girl. Yeah. And like I said, is that... I mean, I'm not going to lie. The girl acting as the love interest... Right is a lot more stoked to be there when they know who you are. Of course. And so, in the first video, dude, she wanted nothing to do with us. She was not fun to work with. And oh, no. Just, and, and just trying to be like... And it's funny, because part of the video is like, she leaves this attractive guy to go with me. Okay. Hilarious. And, of course, they were just talking to each other the whole time. Like, right. between takes. Like, oh, I'm my just God. like, what am I doing here, dude? So that's when I started getting creative and coming up with my one-liners. Okay. But um, from there, um, there's a video we did called Uncontrollable, where... There's a love interest, and it was this, and we shot it in Havana, Cuba. Nice. And the girl didn't speak any English. Oh wow! And dude, if you watch the video, the romance scenes, right. to put them that way, are very real. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very real, dude. And I didn't know. I knew that there was going to be a love interest. Like it's probably the third or fourth video where we had that, where there's a girl in it. Sure. Whatever we play off each other, it's fine. Yeah. I didn't know the level that our director was going to want from this one. Yeah, yeah. And so I show up, and he's basically going into detail about, like, 
this is all cool. We've talked to her. Right. This is how it's going to go down. Okay. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I am mortified. I can't like talk to her. So Dan, our bass player, mm. starts bringing me drinks between takes to loosen me up. Uh-oh. Well, dude, <laughs> fast forward to the end of the shot. I don't even remember rapping, uh, like rapping the shoot. Yeah. And they're... My, I'm being told by one of our management team okay. that I told the girl I was going to steal her away and save her from like Cuba oh and bring her home. And she's like, no, no, I'm good. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm saving you. So that's uncontrollable. That's a great behind the scenes video context. Okay. That's my favorite part is that you got like the video, you can watch it on YouTube. Of course. But there's not a single video, not one dude where I can't give you a story where yeah. I'm like, okay. That's what it looks like, but here's what's going on at the same time. We shot this one video right. in Miami okay. with, and those girls, which many of them turned out to be escorts, and so like oh, it was just like, it was wild times, man. It was it was great. I love. That's my favorite part about the videos is the story behind them. Ah, that's cool. So now people, you know, when you're watching a video, there's always something going behind the scenes. Trust me. <laughs> yes. Even if it's just the band and there's no girls involved, there's a video we have called Butterflies okay. where the band showed up for their part of the shoot yeah. and they were cut from filming at right. about one o'clock that day, oh, sure. meaning the rest of the video was just going to be me and oh, they wow. were pissed. They're like, cool, we're a band and this fucking guy. Little <laughs> did they know it was actually the worst case. I wish I was cut. It was just like, it was. it's not fun to just be sitting in a sure. room singing by yourself, but like, there's like... All this infighting that goes on when the band feels are not like being right? given the right respect, of course. Yeah, no kidding. I know it's so hard to be in that sort of unique, uh, I guess, s- situation because you all have to rely on each other, right? And it's these guys are like a full moving body by yourselves. Like one's the brain, one's the limbs, one's the heart, one like you know what You're I totally mean? Totally right. Yep. And it's crazy, and that's why. Thank God. I, so it's only really me doing the podcast because I don't know how I I. I used to do this with my cousin at start and I could barely do it with him. I could only imagine dealing with like three or four other people if I had to like pr- produce it and have an engineer and all that shit. I was, uh, that would drive me nuts. Of course. And like, so that's, you know, that's the crux of the issue though, right? Is yeah. I felt like what I brought to the table as the songwriter and the lead singer, like I wrote all the songs. I definitely overvalued my own contributions and I, it's only kind of since taking a step away, I realized just because I wrote the songs, I would never have been as successful if just to choose one guy, if Dan wasn't the band dad who drove overnight drives in the mm. van and who um, was the prime uh, point of contact. He, dude, he's so smart. Mm-hmm. When we were getting our big paychecks, okay. he got us a business manager and made sure we only had monthly payments and not lump sum payments. Smart. Now, at the time, we started squawking. We're like, no, dude, like, I, I just got home from tour. I want my, like, of course. whatever yeah. cut. And he's like, trust me, you're going to want this. And sure enough, man, I didn't have to work for probably two and a half, three years after the band was over because nice. I still had money in the bank, royalties See? coming in because yeah. of his. And so everyone contributes in their own way. And you're absolutely right, man. Everyone's like a different limb and plays a very important part. And I've realized that. No, no, it's kidding. An analogy I always use is it's not what you make, it's what you save, right? A hundred percent, dude. You're, you're totally right. And like, we learned that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so other than music, if you weren't a musician, if you weren't in a band, what do you think you'd be doing your whole life? Man, it's a good po- uh, question, sorry. Like, I, I think so, it's always got to be something creative. Like, okay. I've gotten into just like on my own for fun, nothing professional, but uh, I love editing videos and stuff now okay. too. Um and so I, I don't know what it would be, man, but it would have to be creative. And I think, you know, I still am a sports freak, so I would ideally love to be, I think, working in a, an organiz- organization, whether it's even a front office job, which sure. a sports team could be pretty cool, too. But um, 
Unfortunately for me, the only thing I'm good at is music. <laughs> so what else do you do other than music on your free time? Are you a gamer? Obviously, you mentioned you love sports. Obviously, being Canadian, a hockey fan. So what else do you dabble into? Oh, man, I'm a diehard Oilers fan. I love hockey. Like, even if the Oilers aren't in the playoffs, which unfortunately is more often than I'd like. I'm just, like, this time of year, that's... And again, like, I'm not trying to trivialize. It's serious, and I understand why <laughs> yeah, things are happening. Course. But, man, like... Springtime in Canada is one of the most amazing it is. feelings because we hate winter. Yep. And springtime means playoff hockey. Yep. The days are longer. The weather's nicer. And I just I, I miss that that feeling. So yeah, big big sports fan man. Like I I don't really game. Like I do play like NHL. I actually only just got an Xbox during this like quarantine period because okay. I was like I gotta I need hockey in my life. Sure, <laughs> makes but, sense. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, that's about it. Sports. Um, I mean, it's a little bit taboo to say nowadays, but I don't care. I love. I love going out and having drinks with my friends. Um, uh, I think you know, within reason. I don't flirt like I used to, um, but yeah, man, I, like I'm a I'm a big hitting up a patio and having some drinks guy. And other than that, it's uh, sports. Pretty pathetic. I have a, <laughs> I have a oh, of course, hanging out with my wife. Well, there you go. Yeah, you can't forget <laughs> that one. Shit. <laughs> so what? What's your drink of choice? Big tequila guy. So, oh. um, have you heard of Siempre Tequila? They're out no. of Toronto, actually. No, I haven't. Um, uh, amazing tequila. Okay. I do. I, I, I'm a huge red wine drinker. I went to um, and white actually. I went to Italy with my wife in September actually. Okay. Perfect timing actually. Right. And uh, just got on that train, man. Like it's so infectious the the culture and everything around you know drinking wine and stuff. But right. I can appreciate pretty much anything, man. Like the boys and I went to a trip to uh, the Jack Daniels plant, so I have a soft spot for you know um, for whiskeys and things like that. Mm-hmm. For me, it's more about the experiences it sounds like i'm like talking i'm justifying a drinking problem (laughs) but for me i associate it with the memories i have with that right so it's a nostalgic thing like i'm the first to admit i'm okay drinking uh pbr beer i'm not like a even though you know it might be like a light beer people call it you know not very good because like i just remember all the pbrs i've had with the boys like outside the trailer before a show and after and things like that so that's kind of what dictates my uh my choice but i would recommend to anyone listening siempre tequila um I'm a big fan of their Blanco, for sure. Oh, well, see, I'm not a big drinker myself. If I do have a drink, it's rye and ginger. That's that's my go-to. And it's not really uh, rye. It's not even rye that I drink. I drink Weiser's. That's that's my preferred. Okay, cool, yeah. My preferred choice. So, plenty of Weiser's. There you go. So to all you American listeners, if you don't know what Weiser's is, check it out. Because I think they do have it in American stores, but not... It's very rare that you see it there, but it's nice and smooth. It goes down like water to me, and that's the only thing I could really drink. But me, again, being from Canada now, because it's legal even better, I'm more of, of, of a weed smoker, right? So that's my preferred choice of being hanging out. And that's another thing that you miss is during this time, I can't really hang out, like you said, with the boys. Instead of sitting at a bar, we can hang out in the so-called garage and be passing around the joint. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you're just passing it to yourself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, on that note... Um Again, like I'm a bit, I, I, I like having drinks and stuff, but I also recognize that for a lot of people, um, cannabis and its uh, its benefits and things like that have done a lot of good for people very close to me who are much better off without alcohol and kind of shifting that. So I'm a, a big proponent. I can't do it myself, man. I always freak out and think I'm dying when I. Smoke oh, you're life. one of those. Um, oh, yeah, dude. I, I, and I've tried. Oh, dude. So here's the story. Um, uh, on the Headley tour, okay. we're playing Winnipeg sure. and. We didn't get sound checks because we're not the opening band and we're obviously not the headliner. So we would always have to um, we'd have to rely on our great crew every night to get the sound up and running for us to go on. Okay. But they couldn't really do much testing. So we'd go on in Winnipeg and we're like ten shows into the tour. Yeah. So who knows why it happened at this point? But our sound is like screeching, like feedback, 
and we only have 20 minutes to work with. It's not as though we can like hold off right. and get the sound right and keep going because we're, we're nothing, dude. We're, we're one of the openers. Yep. So the entire set, kids in the front row are covering their ears like, <laughs> this set sucks. So we get off stage, man, and I'm pissed. I'm like, that was the worst show. And towards the start of the, the tour, Headley yeah. gave us these weed cookies as a gift. Oh, oh. And I never like dabbled. Okay. And I don't smoke it, right? Oh, but no. we get off, and I say to our drummer, Aaron, who's a ver- who's a, he's a veteran when it comes to marijuana. Sure. I'm like, dude, give me one of those cookies. I want to try this. I'm pissed. I just need to take the edge off. And I'm so dumb, dude. I thought it was going to be like smoking a joint, thinking things were funny. Oh, no. So he's smart. He only gave me like a quarter of the cookie. Okay, good for him. But, okay. But we had friends backstage with us, and I remember just slowly but surely, <laughs> the lights in the room started. I was like, holy shit, guys. Like, are the lights too too bright for you guys and they're like no and then i was texting my phone and to this day i didn't even know that it still happens but if you like are texting on an iphone when you hit any button it kind of does this very quick like pop out yes but you don't notice it in real time when you're doing it exactly yeah yeah. shit dude these things were like coming up my face and i was like whoa whoa and then it and then it spiraled dude and i started like i went in the van i started crying and again our drummer's trying to like talk me off the ledge i called my dad and i was like dad I just want you to know, like, if I die, like, doing drugs, I don't want you to be disappointed. Like, I thought I was dead, dude. Like, oh, my God. Dead. And then, like, it was the worst experience. And sure enough, I got over it. Although, we had a paid appearance that night at a nightclub. That's how sure. we made money on these tours. Oh. A lot of times, they say, yeah, come by our club. We'll give you guys a couple grand. Come have free drinks. It was great, dude. Right. It was awesome. But I couldn't go in. And so they were pissed at the band. Like, the singer's not even showing up. Meanwhile, I'm in the van just, like, shuddering, like, thinking I'm going to die. And so, like, oh, long God. way of saying, like, I turn into that anytime like i have too much like marijuana like sometimes i can enjoy it but sure. i just can't fuck around but uh oh i definitely God. wish i could man because it's so much better for you than like a lot of other things out there that's true that, that's hilarious because i'm the complete opposite so you're the samuel l jackson to my bruce willis of unbreakable <laughs> exactly great reference yes exactly my god I'm yeah basically- i could literally smoke all day eat all day and you will look at me and be like what the fuck's wrong with you why aren't you feeling anything and it's like I'm just one of those people that it just really doesn't like, it's sort of like, I hate to compare it to this person, but everyone knows who he is. It's like Joe Rogan. Like he's, he functions better when oh. he smokes weed. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, dude, I get it. I a hundred percent get it. And I, like I said, there's people very close to me who are the same way. Ah. They function better. It, it just puts them in a better spot. And uh, I'm a big CBD guy too. Like I think Perfect. it's um, a lot of better than, excuse me, a lot of the other things out there in terms of like inflammation. And right. like you said, I, I know people, I have a, a guy, uh, who I know quite closely, whose daughter was having seizures. Yes, and this is a literally big thing now. Cured her. Yes, yeah, and it's like it's fucking wild, man. It's it's great, and it just shows how backwards our thinking can be for yeah. generations upon generations. It, but you're just smart about things. Uh, that's why I'm so proud to be Canadian, man. Right, we're, we're definitely on the forefront of a lot of these things. Eh? Actually, Portugal's crazy too, right? Like, oh my god, they, don't they decriminalize every drug? Every single drug is wow. decriminalized. <laughs> I get it though, man, because then you eliminate the black market, right? So, well, like, and that's the thing. And they're saying that there's less crime and uh, the economy is doing better all because it's de- decriminalized. And it's like, well, if you don't dangle, again, it's the forbidden fruit. If you know you can't have it, you want it even more. Totally true. Totally, totally true, man. It's just the way the it's, mind uh, works. <laughs> but, I mean, if you live in a country where crime is a business. Right. Uh, not to get conspiratorial, because I, I, I usually hate conspiracy theories, but that one's just real. <laughs> Yeah, you see it. It's there's no there's no gray. It's black and white. Like you know what I mean. It's, yeah, yeah straight up. They are like the facts are out there. Everything's there. Like you know what the fuck's going on. So <laughs> that's so, hilarious. Okay, before we get into the dumbass of the week, another question. Yep. What do you watch? Are you, is there anything you're into right now? Any shows you're binging? Oh yeah, big time, man. So I just finished Ozark. 
Okay, so did I. Perfect. Um, wild, just roller coaster. And you know what, yes, man? I, I love this. this I'm not going to give anything away, but oh uh, no, don't be like that. I do spoilers on this. Show. Go for it. If they haven't watched it, that's their own problem. The brother. Okay. That, okay. That, I love him. The way they portrayed how real his struggle is, because yes. I was talking to my wife about this last night. Okay. Is if you were to say, is Ben a good person? Obviously, yeah. we recognize he's a character. He's fictional. Yeah. But would you? What would you say? Is he a good person? Yes. And, and of course I'll, he is. Like, and I think yeah. you, you would, most people would say that. Right. He but means then you well. remember, he's the same person who picked a fight and beat a guy within an inch of his life with because of the tie he was wearing in that bar scene. Yeah, but the reason again, why I like that is, that is because it, sh- it shows the complexity of what yes. people really okay. deal with with mental illness. I was just going to say that, that, yes. Yeah, man. His last episode where obviously it's a very tough episode to watch, like right. where he keeps breaking down, man, it, it, it killed me. But I think it's important because I think it's a sympathetic character yes. who in real life, how often are people dismissive? Like, that guy's fucking crazy, they say. Or like, right? he's acting this way. He's so, like, irrational. It's like, man, when you don't get the full... Um, you know, behind the scenes, you don't get to see them all day, every day, and what they're dealing with. It's yeah. very difficult to really weigh in on that crazy person or that person you can't stand being yeah. around. At the same time, it doesn't justify their actions and stuff like that sometimes. But I, I just, I like characters that make you think and appreciate things from a different level because I've certainly been guilty of uh, judging people too quickly. So I think that show does a great job of um, showing, you know, maybe unsavorable or unsavory, sorry, people in a different light, people that yep. you'd usually dismiss in everyday life. Um, so that's a long way of answering your fucking question. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm, I'm totally on your bow. Like the, this whole character, like at first I hated him, but then you start understanding and it's like, people don't know what people go through in their own heads. Like, you know what I mean? Like one, like you said, one day he'll be the nicest person. He, he was with that chick after I always forget her name. Um, Ruth. Ruth. Yes. Ruth, I, which I love too. I love that character. I totally, I don't love her. I hate the character so much that I love it. Like, you know what I mean? Because she's just so whiny and annoying. And it's like, fuck you, bitch. Just do your job already. Like, you know what I mean? She's difficult, man. But I, And that's the thing is, like, what I like about her, though, is that in the situations where she has to step up and tell someone bigger than her to fuck off. She does. I, yes. I love that. Like, so I, <laughs> I'm uh, in a guy with the band. Everyone's like four inches taller than me so i can relate to her i'm the roof of the band <laughs> oh my god yeah just every aspect because i didn't like season two i loved season one season two was okay but i understand why season two exists because it needed to lead up to this and why totally. like even uh, the wife it's like oh my god how she went from being so regular and vanilla to what she is now it's like what the fuck happened and again that's because of season two and everything you know what i mean and it's like totally, oh yeah. and then even the end it's like too bad spoilers if you haven't watched it too bad it's like the end i honestly thought it was gonna end like i'm telling my wife i'm like oh no they're going to mexico that's it the series is over yeah, they're gonna fucking that's what I thought too. decapitate him put him in the grave and then that's it you know what i mean and then nope here it comes here comes the next season now they're gonna be in mexico they just struck a deal with this and it's like oh my god Dude, totally, and like I uh, f- like that. I think it does a good job of all I've been seeing online are people being like, "Oh my god, Ozark makes me anxious." Yes, it's fucking good because you shouldn't have a show about people who work for a cartel where life is just good and easy. This constant whack a mole. This issue arises. You've sorted. You put out that fire, but now this fire started because this person's. You know, like that whole thing. Like, of course, it's going to be that way, and obviously, it makes the show better. But also, like. 
on what planet. I'm such a pussy, dude. I would have taken the first deal the FBI offered me because I'd be like, I'm sick of this. <laughs> like, I like the first time someone like threatens to kill my family, I'd be like, holy fuck, I'm out. Like, I, right? I, I would not be able to do that. So, um, I love that though. Like, I, I think that I cannot wait already for the next season. But my dad actually brought up a good point today, mm. which you don't think about this, but all these shows are on hold right now. They can't start filming. I know. And that's like, that's that really so obviously there's bigger problems in the world. I understand that, but that's going to be an unfortunate side effect, man. Like a lot of these shows, because you kind of forget where you left off and it's going to be even longer wait for a lot of these shows now. I know it's true. Whatever's in the pipe now that's coming is coming. And then we're going to have that big lull of literally not that much shit. Well, sports obviously will be there to fill the void because that's live events. And obviously in, in your genre too, music, you know, they could start going to venues again and doing stuff like that. So we'll still have entertainment. It's just this part of entertainment, like TV, new TV shows, new movies, like you hearing it delayed, postponed, delayed, postponed. Right. So it's like, ah, fuck, we're going to go through that little, I guess, growing pains of going back to normal. Right. Right. And you know what? We are obviously coming from a very privileged perspective that we're a little upset over, um, which is fine. But at the same time, we're humans, man. We know what we love and, you know, sports and entertainment, those really provide that. I can't, I can't wait for us to be able to get back out. I saw that somewhere recently, I think yesterday, someone shared something that some medical expert doesn't think there will be live concerts till fall of 2022. Ooh, wow. Or 2021, sorry, 2021. Even then, that's still... Dude, that's so long. Right. Not even this fall. I know. This fall, we'll be back to normal. No. So, I don't know, man. But, I mean, small price to pay to get this planet back where it needs to be i guess yep exactly exactly people think that covid's the virus i say oh look in the mirror we're the virus and mother nature's just oh, cleaning us up in so many ways man we yeah we were but i mean again not to be get too too deep <laughs> but i think that we're going to be able to reset um in a lot of really really good ways I think just so too. as like yes. people and yes. like when i go to the store now to buy groceries I find that the interactions with uh, other people and like cashiers and stuff, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I get a real sense of everyone's just, it, it's almost as though we all know that each other's going through something rough. Yes. And so everyone's very like, have a great night. And it just seems yes. so much more genuine than, all right, have a good day. Nice to see you. Blah, blah. It seems like people are really like caring for each other. And I think that, I really hope I'm right about that. No, it's true. Cause I went the other day through a drive through. I can't remember what fast food it was. And, um, we went through and, they gave us what we ordered and like biggest smile and everyone's saying, stay safe, like relax, take it easy and all that. Before they would have thrown the bag in the car, beat it, get out of here. Like, you know, everyone's so rude. The the way I like to describe it is it's like you walk into the store or wherever you're going and it's like you ruined your day just by walking in. It's like, really? Like, you know what I mean? I, I hate those cashiers. Yep. I hate those people who, who do customer service. That's like, oh, can I help you? It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, you don't even yeah, fucking sorry. know me. What have I done already? <laughs> Are you open? I think that... um that's one thing very important to remember right now, man, is that if there were ever a time to be annoyed that you have to be, you know, in a drive-thru working, now would be the time. Because, right. like, um, you know, like they're an essential service and things yep. like that, but they do have to still go to work. They still are putting themselves at more risk than us staying home. And, man, I went to a Starbucks the other day, and they could not have been nicer. And like, Perfect. Just, I, th- I forget what they wrote in the cups, but they were just so genuine. And yeah. it probably comes from the top. It's like, listen, people need us to be this way. I think but they're so. doing it, and they're following through, man, and, like, I, uh, I feel for those people who have to, you know, I, I'm very lucky. I'm able to stay home, write songs, I maybe go for a jog once a day. But there's people who have to kind of leave the house every day and put on a smile and they're doing a great job. Yep, yep. And that is true, my friend. That is true. All right. Ready for the Dumbass of the Week? Hell yes. All right. Okay. This is music orientated, I guess. It's in that vein. So 
let's see if this has ever happened to you. So, obviously, being rock stars, you guys were in hotels. You guys had your hotel parties. We don't have to delve into that. That's fine. What happens behind closed doors stays behind closed doors. But has there ever been to the point where people came a-knocking because the music was too loud? Has that ever happened to you? Um, the very first time we came back to our hometown, okay, we played... Uh, what was it? It doesn't matter. We were, we got our manager convinced us. He's like, like, that's a whole other fucking story. He convinced us, you know what? You guys have worked so hard for this. When you go back, let's stay at the Fairmont, the hotel McDonald in Edmonton. Sure. Let's have, and, and like, you guys deserve this and like, nothing against it. That's great. Yeah. And we made very sure that we were inviting everyone to be like, we're back. And everyone kind of <laughs> knew that the success was there. Sure. And we had this rager in our hotel room at a very nice hotel. Okay. Well, dude, first time we ever tried this. And this guy comes banging on the door oh, no, yeah. and thick Texan accent. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? I have to get up in the morning. Oh, shit. And I was like, and I, and again, I'm not proud of this because I was like a little bitch. Sure. And I was like, well, we don't. And I shut <laughs> the door. Oh, my God. Well, he skipped, or I don't know if it's him or the hotel or who, sure. but obviously that's a dick thing to say. Of course. He skipped getting the front desk to come up, okay. or maybe the front desk decided they weren't going to come up, sure. because the next thing we know is we had two cops at the door. Oh, wow. Who were like, you're shutting this down, right. this is not like how this works, and like, we're pretty lucky the cops didn't come into the room and mm, things like that, so sure. like... Um, I think that was our, <laughs> we weren't uh, as untouchable as we thought we were. And I think it was a good, we're lucky that we got the wake up call right. early so that we could be more careful going forward. Okay. Yes. So that's, that's not too bad. So pretty much you slammed the door in a guy's face for complaining that you were playing the music too loud. So that, that's decent. Okay. Now imagine this fucking idiot in the States. Uh, he's from New Hampshire. So one of his neighbors playing music too loud, he goes and knocks on his door and, and asks him politely, oh, can you please turn it down? The neighbor's like, no, fuck you. Sort of like what you did, right? So the neighbor comes back again. He didn't bring the cops this time. He's like, okay, whatever. He comes back. He's like, please, sir, can you please turn it down? So the guy who was playing the loud music, guess what this fucking idiot does? Instead of slamming the door in his face, he goes back in his house, grabs a, a two and a half foot long machete and starts fucking chasing this guy, waving at him, trying to fucking hack him apart. Just because he complained that his music was too loud after a certain time. Man, like, so we actually have a neighbor like that right now. Oh, no. Okay. And my wife and I were about to buy a new house uh, right when this all went down. And thank God we didn't, man, because, um, you know, eh, fuck, we're so lucky. Because we'd be strapped with bigger mortgage payments at a time where we'd be very uncertain. Anyways, this guy plays... Now, music is subjective, right? Everyone yes. has different tastes. He yep. plays the worst fucking music all night long, all summer long, till five in the morning. I'm not joking. I'll wake oh up at night and we'll ask him, we'll be like, hey, dude, bylaw is like 1030. Yeah. Take it to one. Dude, I'm not going to like, okay, so you're being you nice. have a good time. Sure. But take it to one and then go inside. Yeah. Everybody's over, but like, and dude, he is like, well, I don't want it to be like, 101 a.m. and then have you guys freak out it's like dude i'm not unreasonable but dude he did it the other fucking night now that the weather's getting a little bit better and it was like oh like he is a nightmare now would i expect him to come after me with a machete i fucking hope not (laughs) and i wouldn't come after him with one big but um (laughs) just be respectful man like you don't live out in the middle of nowhere thank you you got other people to take like 
to consider. I mean, I can't stand selfishness on any level. I'm the same way. I'm coming from me, but and to me, it's such a cop out when people say, "Well, this is my property; I could do with what I want." Yeah, you can close your doors and close the fucking windows. But when you go into the openness of the, when you could see the sky, you share that. It's not just yours. Like, be respectful, be like courteous around. And if you don't want to live like that, go fucking out into the woods somewhere and do it on your own, right? Exactly, a hundred percent. Like it's the, um, it goes back to. I remember it seems so long ago. This was even a, an argument. But uh, when they were banning smoking in restaurants okay. and like public places, right? Sure. It's like, well, why should they tell me what to do? Like I, it's like, well, that's not the problem. It's the problem that you're surrounded by other people and they don't have a choice to not inhale. Exactly. You know what you do, what you want, and it's the same sort of thing with music. Like you're right, play your music, but if it's going to be affecting other people. And they're not being unreasonable. They're not like no music ever. Right. Then, come on, man, you got to play ball with people around you. We all got to share space. It's true. Well, the one thing I don't put up with, though, and I don't give a fuck what people think now of me, is a certain smells of certain foods coming from neighbors' houses that just stink up the whole neighborhood all the time, constantly. And I don't know what the fuck these people are. It feels like they're cooking their feet or something on the barbecue, but it's like, like again, this is coming from a Portuguese guy who loves grilled sardines, which smells like shit, I could admit. But I'm not cooking them out there every fucking day. Man, so I, I, I've never, I'm thankfully, I've never had to deal with like a terrible smell coming from the neighborhood. Okay. But on a smaller level, if you are the type of person who brings fish or eggs on a flight, <laughs> you, you need to go in the cargo bay. That's my my only thing. Right. I'm not saying you can't fly, but you need to fly where they put the animals because you're being one. Oh like, my that's God. That's unacceptable. It's so true. And again, airplane etiquette could be a whole episode for a whole other time because I got so many pet peeves that I could go on for Ooh, ever. I have a question for you. Sure. Are you okay with people taking their shoes off on flights? <sighs> I understand why they do it, but at least put on socks or have some knitted yes. footsies that you could put on or something that your grandmother made for you. <laughs> I think if there's at any point, any point, an odor, then it's a no-go. Right. I don't do it anymore because I've heard enough like um, podcasts and things like that where people are like, you cannot do it. And I'm just like, I don't want to deal with being that guy on fucking someone else's social media feed. Look at this idiot. But dude, my dad does it. And I oh, realize no. that I always do that. Like long drives right. or flights, I would take my shoes off because it was just comfortable for See, me. I was but, never that guy. Never. Like, no, I don't know what I it just, is. Well, well, it's because your dad will do things. And I've had this conversation with okay. like, Rob a lot, the other guy in the band, where you're a kid and your dad does stuff. You're like, yeah, it's fucking like whatever. It's, uh, it's normal. And then you realize, I can't even think of a specific example, but then you realize um, his is so funny, man. His dad used to go to his hockey games okay. and sit cross-legged. Okay. And kids would make fun of him for that, which is so stupid now. They're like, your dad sits weird. Right. And so he he vowed that he would never sit cross-legged and things oh. like that, but he didn't realize it was weird until other kids mentioned it. Right. So there's always things that your family will do where you're like, what, this is normal? And then you realize, holy fuck, that's not really that normal. No, it's true, yeah. You, you learn very quickly, too, because, again, oh. especially back then, yep. people like to say that this is the worst age of bullying, but it's like, okay, I, I don't... Serious? I don't get it. But, well, it, the thing is, is that because when we were in school and growing up, we could go home and we didn't take it with us. Now kids have phones, they're online, so... Uh, but, good point. Yep, good point. But here's my argument. Turn it the fuck off and stop reading it. Like, yeah. I would rather someone send me a text that I don't have to read than getting punched in the face and going to hospital because I need stitches. I, I agree with you, and I think that we are... I don't know, man. Like, we're, we're I'm so on the side of 
being progressive and being understanding, course, and, yes. you know, of, of different like cultures or different, especially like we talked about the mental health thing and that we're making great strides in yeah. being understanding, oh, yeah. but we're also becoming very soft. And I don't want to sound like, cause a lot of guys who say I we're soft are like these hyper conservative guys. I'm yeah. not one of them, right. but I do come from a family of teachers where yeah. I've heard stories about um, kids who are huge problems and yeah. the teachers are unable to address it properly because of things that are in place now. Yes. Man, I'll tell you what. I, I'm not I absolutely would never be a proponent of like physically abusing no, someone or anything like that. Not, yeah. However, when I was a kid, my parents never hit me. Yeah. But they were hard on me, and when I made oh. the ba- a bad decision, right. and my teachers were too. Yeah. yeah. And I, I remember being a kid and being very annoyed. But my parents would always side with the teachers. I'm like, what are you doing? But now I realize they were teachers, and they realize how hard it is to take care of that many kids at once. Sure. And Long story short, when I was a kid, making the wrong decision was uncomfortable, and it should be, because it's the only way you won't make that mistake again, Again, is being like, you know what, I got grounded last time I did this, or last time I did this, you know, um, I got a suspension in school, or I missed a recess, and that's the only thing that that makes you say, well, I'm not going to do that again. Otherwise, now, where it's like, yeah, well, you know, they have... You know, they're, they're, they have learning barriers, and so we're going to positively reinforce bad behavior. I don't know if that's the way forward, but... But again, it's it's just our society. It's all or nothing. Like, it's either we're so conservative or we're so liberal. We can never find that happy medium. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's good That's to... That's why I'm neither, man. I just, right? every single case, you should weigh it on its own merits. Thank like, you. Is this right or is it wrong? It doesn't matter that, uh, you know, I'm not a liberal, I'm not a conservative. Sure. I'm certainly neither. Because right. both sides do frustrate the hell out of me. Uh, of course. But, um, yeah, I, I, and, you know, it's it's easy to say, why can't we all be that way? But I'm with you, man. I think that just wait you shouldn't decide something because of how you think you're supposed to answer it based on your affiliations or whatever yeah in my opinion yeah no that's so true like i was beat as a child and look i came out fine so hey (laughs) here you go and you know what you probably like took some positive lessons from you know not putting your hand in the cookie jar too many times it's uh there's uh, yeah Exactly, and, and so just so people know, you don't have to call the authorities on my fucking dad or anything. They would, <laughs> they would hit me to the point where I would like. It's, it's not like I had bruises or I'd get cut or broken bones. They would literally give me like that pull of the ear, that slap under the chin, just so it's like fight, like that stinger. Like you know what I mean? Amen. So, so it's I like, hey, 100%. L- 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 so then I would have the fear. So like you said, so then I wouldn't do it again, and I learned my lesson. Like I never I got, got grounded once. I just got beat. That's it. <laughs> Hey man, it six of one half dozen of the other. I remember like getting grounded was like my life felt like it was over, and that's why oh, wow. I actually talked to a buddy today about fuck man, how lucky I am to be like I'm quarantined with my wife. That's it. We yeah. can worry about each other. I can go in the basement for eight hours of time, write music. She's up doing her own thing. For yeah. people right now who have to take care of teenagers, holy yeah. shit, dude, because teenagers are tough. They're yep. very social, and when you take away social time. They're not fun to deal with. So my heart goes out to anyone who's a parent of a teenager right now. I'm sure it's not an easy job. It's so true. Don't worry. We're in the same boat too. It's just me and the missus as well. We have the whole house to ourselves. And yeah, we don't have to worry about getting, or even like with newborns, getting diapers and this and being sold out and waiting in lines at the grocery store. We could stock up for a month and not worry, right? Because we know how to ration and there's going to be no surprises. So yeah, hats off to all those parents out there, man. Because you're... Parents in general. You're right, man. If you don't just have to take care of yourself right now, that's, uh, that's a big job. So, no, most definitely. Well, perfect. Hope you had a great time on the show today, Pat. I hope all all is good. Bro, I had a blast. I will do this anytime. You had some great questions and uh, I had fun. Really appreciate it. Well, now's the time. Plug your shit where people can find you, the band, where you want people to get your music, what's up and coming. Well, I guess nothing right now, but... 
Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, uh, I'm well on my way to having an album written, so that's next. I mean, obviously we can't resume too much till this is lifted, but I'm going to be ready to go when it's done. And for now, uh, the new single, Sunset Gold, is out on every streaming platform you can find. I am such a moron when it comes to this. I've been out of the game so long. I honestly don't even understand how Spotify and things like that work, but uh, <laughs> check it out on Spotify. I, my, my understanding is that's the best spot for us as a band, for you to listen to it. I don't even know why, but listen to it on Spotify. That's fantastic. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, under Finger Styles. You could email me at the podcastdap at gmail.com. Obviously, we're also on Spotify, so listen to us on Spotify. That's the big one. The other big one is Apple Podcasts. Go on all those major platforms, rate, subscribe, review. Rewind to the top of the show. Please support the sponsors because if it helps them out, helps me out. Awesome. I guess till next time, it is what it is, and hopefully we won't be in quarantine the next time we talk then, and you could come on. How about this? How about we do this? Next time you guys are all together in the same room, we, we could do a whole one with everyone from Stereos. Does that sound good? I guarantee they're in for 100%. Perfect. So look out for that, peeps. On that note, he's Pat. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. Peace.